up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. Joy. KT. And a special, very, very, very special guest. Uh, my name is Justin. You can find me on the Twitters at uh, Justin Ruff. <laughs> or you can find my podcast at Ruff's Ramblings. Yes. Ruff's Ramblings. Remember, guys, check him out. Because he's definitely one of our... One of our first listeners, like, that would actually comment and interact with us and actually was interested in what we were talking about. So, uh, he's our <laughs> podcast padre, and that's what we call him. So, check him out. Um, remember, if you want to listen to us, we're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, so let's talk it out. As well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, wherever you can find a podcast. As well as TIOPodcast.com slash episodes. Hit us up on social media, Twitter at TalkItOut underscore pod, Facebook at TalkItOut Podcast, and Instagram at TalkItOutPodcast. And don't forget about that merch we got, and don't forget about that survey we got that you can fill out to win some free stuff. TIOPodcast.com. Can I fill it out? No. Wow. TIOPodcast.com <laughs> slash shop or survey. All right. Let's get right into this episode. I'm very excited about this episode. We got She's our too man, excited. We got our man Justin on here. This is going to be an incredible episode. Um, today we're going to talk about how evangelical Christians have ruined America pretty much. And are in the ruin it some more, ruining it some more. <laughs> so, um, I think all of us have had some type of um, interactions with evangelical Christians, whether it's um, you were you went to a uh, conservative Christian church in the South, or you know people in your family that are evangelical Christians or whatever. So, um, I guess I'll start it with KT and Joy. Um, what are you, what have been your interactions with evangelical Christians? Do you know any? Have you been brought up in the evangelical Christian church? Yada yada yada. First, you should define it, like for people who yeah, don't know. Like, people are gonna be like, well, God. Not, not people. So, y'all are gonna be like that. That's what you mean. When I think of evangelical Christian, because here's the iron, I went to a school called Evangelical Christian School, so I know all about them peoples. Um, Evangelical Christian, when I think of evangelical Christian, I think of people that are super fundamentalists and take the Bible very, very literally. Um, So there's no, like, like whatever the Bible says, that's what it is. They, you know, they believe in the KJV version and the NIV. Those are the only versions that matter. Um, they're, they tend to be very conservative, Republican in politics, um, and they tend to have money. So those, those are the people that, that I know. Oh, so I will start. Absolutely not. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) I I do. I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, my mom, I would consider an evangelical Christian, Um, But I wouldn't say that she has money. Like, she's pretty poor. But at the same time, like, if she didn't have so many kids, she wouldn't be poor. But that kind of plays into the the evangelical Christian thing because, like, evangelical Christians or Christians, period, think that being fruitful is the way of the Lord. So, like, that kind of plays into it. 
I guess. Okay, so you, you say your mom was an evangelical Right, right, right. She is, yeah. So, like, I kind of grew up in that environment where constantly I had to hear and be ridiculed about how God didn't like this and God didn't like that. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Joy? Um, um, y'all are going to be so upset with me, but I, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know what you... I don't really... Even in my own church, when they say, um, what are you, what are you, I'm just a Christian. I don't know about evangelical or, I I always thought I was Protestant. Okay, now, well, let me ask you this, uh, Joy, do they, does your church fit the criteria that I was saying? Are they um, super old school in, uh, are they, do they take the Bible literally at face value? (laughs) Um, no they don't no it's not like a literal he said don't eat shrimp so you can't eat shellfish shrimp and shellfish no uh they take it for this is what he meant and this is what i think that he means okay. it's just a open interpretation for how of how the preacher views it but you're, you're church of christ right yes i say y'all were evangelical um, there is an evangelical there. I, I think there are some people that attend the church of Christ who would call themselves evangelicals. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm in the evangelical. <laughs> well, yeah. and here is why you're terrible. No, no, no. Oh, no. oh that's what the, that's what the whole episode is about. And here is why evangelicals are awful. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little more complicated than that, uh, Joy. I think probably the most people who call themselves evangelicals tend to be, um, how do I cautiously say white? Okay, well, I'm just a Christian. (laughs) How about that? That is wonderful. Well, Justin, tell us about you and your interactions with evangelical Christianity before we get into All it. right. Well, um, I grew up Texas Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if the doors <laughs> were open, we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sometimes being like, Mom, it's a ladies' luncheon. The doors are open. <laughs> You're good. Um, wasn't really that bad, but... Um, yeah, it, it grew up Texas, Texas Baptist, um, which and there's not a difference between Texas Baptist so much as that we just love guns more than other people. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about that. You're article not. Gabby just sent me to read. Um, no, but that that was how I grew up. And yeah. Okay. Um, and so let's. So all of us, as my point was, I think all of us had had some type of interactions with the evangelical church. And so I kind of wanted the, the first part of this episode to be about how this evangelical movement and the Republican Party became um, intertwined and how now if someone says they're a conservative Republican, they automatically are going to be probably evangelical or they're going to play into those evangelical beliefs to get that evangelical vote. So, Justin, you said you had a little bit you had to say about uh, Jerry Falwell 
and um, uh, and the great yeah, work that he did. Uh, <laughs> now, um, to, to be fair to Jerry Falwell, I have heard uh, some stories about him as a person. Mm-hmm. He was very good person to the people that have interacted with him. Okay, I knew I knew some people who went to Liberty uh, University, mm-hmm. and they love him. So um, I'm not. I, I just want to make this is not. Um, it's not as simple as this guy is trash. Like you kind of <laughs> have to take good and bad from it. As you can, as you can tell, I listen to KT a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a very complicated man, and um, now his son Jerry Falwell Jr. is not. He's trash. Yeah, um, the nineteen twelve Republican Party platform mm-hmm. did not mention God at all. Okay. Twenty sixteen. Um, I don't quote me on this, but I think it had about nineteen references to God. Huh. In the late seventies, Jerry Falwell became concerned with what he thought was moral decay. Mm-hmm. Now. In his defense, it was the 70s. There was, uh, you know, it was the height of the cocaine era. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he thought he was seeing moral decay. Okay. And said that he wanted to change the country and he wanted to change the rules of the country. Mm. And so through that, he. Uh, began, he started a group called the Moral Majority. Um, a, a few of the major key players in that were James Dobson, mm-hmm. uh, Focus on the Family, or y'all, I don't know if y'all are familiar with him. Yeah, I used to have his little children's stories at the house. Yes. No. <laughs> An- another surprising member of that group was Tim LaHaye. Does that name yeah, ring the bell? The Left Behind guy. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. He was one of the original members, and uh, James Robson is a, a prominent guy in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. He was one of the major players in that as well. And so they began to call upon Christians to change our country mm-hmm. from the government and begin to kind of intertwine the line between church and state. Yeah. And that just kind of catapulted. Um 1988, this is terrifying, Pat Robertson was one of the top leading contenders for president. Ew. Just think of that. <laughs> the one guy who had a problem. That was pronounced. <laughs> the one guy who had a problem with Michelle Obama's sleeveless dresses, but said that Melania Trump's uh, nude photos were art. Yeah. Almost was very close to getting the Republican nomination in 1988. Mm -hmm. So just let that sink in for a minute. (laughs) And so the the Christians kind of began to legislate um, uh, or began to to legislate their beliefs on everybody. So it sounds like like Christianity actually being into like integrated kind of with the Republican Party is like a newer thing, so to speak, like, not super-duper new, but, like, within the last, like, 30, 40 years, this is something that is happening. 
That's crazy yeah. to me because it's like it's just something brand new kind of. It's not like something that's really old and this has been going on forever. It's just something that, you know, just started like in the 70s and now all of a sudden they want to be like be as extreme as they are now. That's crazy. I never I never knew that. I'm going to be honest with you, Justin. I was like when I was doing my research and stuff like that today, I I found that out that it, you know, purity culture and like evangelicals uh and the Republicans and things like that like they basically just more recently like integrated their belief system and it's so that's crazy. interesting to me. Oh, oh, uh, if y'all want to have some fun, take a look at some of uh, Jerry Falwell's greatest hits. Okay. Um, one of the, the ones he is most famous for is a few days after 9-11, he was blaming it on the gays. Ooh. Uh, oh, no, no, it gets better. Um, <laughs> so are y'all familiar with the name Anita Bryant? Anita Bryant. No. no. Somebody needs to go watch the movie Milk. And I'm a little ashamed that uh, Gabby and KT are not that familiar with them. I know um, milk. I know, I know milk. milk. I'm going to look it up right now. Well, at least, uh, Anita Bryant. Um, she was one of the people who um, went to bat against Harvey Milk. Uh, Jerry Falwell supported her or, uh, when apartheid was uh, in its waning days. He had a problem or he was one of those people who go, eh, not so fast. Mm. Also, he criticized Board of Education versus Topeka Can or uh, Brown versus Board of Education yep. Topeka Can. So that's a gimme. That's like you can't do wrong with that one. That's like the easiest thing on earth to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was probably wrong. And he was like, eh, let's take a look at this again. And it's interesting how. First of all, the Republican Party is the party that was used to to push all this stuff. And then I remember um, you talked about a lot of this stuff started going on, uh, you know, integrating uh, religious uh, dogma and stuff into politics in the 70s. I remember my teacher was telling me, I went to the pri a private school again. Um, one of my teachers was telling me that the reason that a lot of these Christian schools started popping up these Christian private schools is because of Brown versus Board of Education. And then it was like, oh, these public schools, they're not segregated anymore. Oh, we got to find some place to keep our white children safe and teach them about God. And so <laughs> that's when my school and that's when a lot of those other schools get started. Uh, one of the things that also comes to mind, especially when you think about Southern evangelical Christianity, is when LBJ signed the Civil Rights Act. He said to the people that were around him, since he was a Democrat, he said, we've lost the Democrats for a generation. Yep. So it's not wow. the fall well. It's going, it's, I think that part of it has to do with the civil rights. That's 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 what I was thinking as well. It was the civil rights stuff, then the abortion, then they started caring about the gay folks because then the gay people wanted rights. Oh, no. And then it was AIDS. And then now it's, um, quote, unquote, I think terrorism. People, yeah. people like this whole Republican Party and the Roe versus Wade, they have been fighting. You said since what, 1970 what? 1973 or 74? 73 or 74. It's 2017. 
if you were a Christian, you will be able to forgive and let it go. I don't understand why in the Constitution it says that we're supposed to be separate from church and state, but that's all the Republicans use, the majority of Republicans use to convince people on their side. That's why they have a problem with Roe versus Wade. That's why they have a problem with um, uh, homosexuals and gay marriage because it's against your religion. Well, okay, first of all, it's not supposed to be church and state. Your ideas about your religion are not supposed to affect the law. Yep. And that reminds me of, I was telling KT, when was that, last week, my uncle, who's a black Republican, um, he, he spoke hold at on, the church. Hold on, hold on, he's a who? A black Republican. He Lord listens Jesus. to, um, what's that radio station? American Family Radio every day. Bot Radio Network. Okay. They um, just make me so bad. I listen to that every day, too, but, like... <laughs> for different reasons. For different reasons, yeah. So, anyways, he, he, he spoke this. He, he talked about this. It was the day or two before the uh, Alabama thing. And he was saying, he, he like, read a verse out of some somewhere in the Old Testament where... You know, the, the Israelites had to fight or something like that. And he said, we as God people, we need to fight. Because the way this world is turning, it's becoming 100% anti-Christian. He said he oh, read in the story to the, yesterday that some man didn't want to bake this, this couple of cake. And he was like, he was real polite with them. He said, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't because of my religion. And then he claims the man gave them thousands of options of where to go. And he said those couples, they were so outraged. They told that man they would take him for every penny he got. He said the Christians are under attack. He said um, they can't even pray in schools no more. He said they're teaching our children all type of evolution. They're they over killing the babies. They're they selling the baby parts. The, the Christians are under attack. And then um, pretty much the whole thing was that, um, you know, we have to fight and use politics to fight to make sure that America is still a Christian nation. He said God gave the Christians America. And so we have to make sure it stays a Christian country. And, um, yeah, then he said uh, he was in Alabama when Roy Moore was, uh, you know, they were trying to take the Ten Commandments out of Alabama. And he was down there with Roy Moore because Roy Moore was standing for Christian rights. And um, rights. And said, you would think that the African-Americans, how religious we are, we would have been down there in droves. He said, you would think that everybody, he said it was mainly just some Caucasian individuals. And he said, you know, more and more we're standing for, for the Bible and we need to be more strong and stop being silent. And he said, you know, this, that, and the other. And so I was like, this is interesting because now you're trying to get us to be on real more side. But uh-uh, I still know that man is a pedophile. But, um, yeah, that's, that's just the way they use it to weaponize and to, to get people riled up about stuff that ain't even important. Like, the, the, when I was in school, the way they made it seem, if you walk out the door, like I remember the Jesus Freak Cold phenomenon when it was like, oh, all these people are being killed around the, around, uh, the world for being Christian, which is true. But then they started being like, um, this could happen in America. 
Remember Columbine? The man asked the girl if she was a Christian, which wasn't even true. And they said they shot her because she said she was a Christian. But they were they were making us think that wasn't that, true. No, Wait, she, that wasn't true. No, their whole story they about the guy asking. That, yeah, that's news to me as well. It was like I thought it was too KT. I mean, the Columbine thing was true, yes, but, but them the them book. asking her, "Are you a Christian?" The and book, then getting shot. No. The book was and then it's a movie that. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that man, the daddy made like millions of dollars off of it. What? We 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 watched the movie. That's Anyways, but it, they were just trying to make us feel so afraid of this unknown threat of these people that were coming to kill us for being Christians. And before you know it, we'd be locked away in jail. They get songs on the radio talking about, if I have to be locked in jail, I'll still profess the name of the Lord. So it's like, it's a lot of fear mongering going on. And people are afraid of things they don't know. But that's how, that's how, that's literally how they get you. Yeah. Like that's how you that's how you put people into a, a box or that's how you like make people like go with you in certain certain areas. Like that doesn't just happen in Christianity. That happens in other spaces as well. And yep. so like Trump basically you can terror. as long as you are like being fearful and as long as you scare people into thinking that something is gonna happen, then everyone will follow along with that. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. It's- Ooh, it's just a this is this is a very interesting topic. I'm very interested. Hmm. I told you it's, it's it's getting real deep. Never. So let's talk about um Trump, and and let's talk about how these people go from being the moral party, the party that is for the family, the party that is for the Bible, the party that is pro life, the party that is marriages between one man and one woman, all that stuff. How do they end up supporting Donald Trump almost entirely? What do you think, Justin? Not all of them did. I'm sorry, I'm not not all white people, and y'all, I'm not trying to. But um, there were some uh, people who stood out and said, "No, this is not okay. We are not going to support somebody like this." Um, but there were a lot of people who should have known better. But one of the reasons I think it happened is because the leadership of Christian, of you know, white evangelical Christianity, stopped being more concerned with what the Bible said and started being more concerned with if somebody had a D or an R next to their name. Mm. Now, now, why 2016 happened? I have no idea. There are a lot of underlying factors. Um, Christians hate Hillary. Yeah, they do. Oh, why? I have. Well, they. Christians hated Hillary to the point where people would rather vote for a you know what grabber. Yeah. Who said Mexicans are rapists and drug dealers and murderers, and who said that John McCain was not a. True war hero. Yeah, Yeah. war hero because he got caught. They were willing to support a guy who said that over Hillary, uh, which is why she needs to get off the TV and never needs to speak again because (laughs) she has tainted the Democratic brand and no evangelical will support anything involving her. Right. Um, What's that? I said, right. Why do you think that it, why do they hate her so much? That's what I'm trying to say. I mean, she's uh, not the best. I really don't like her at all. But why do they hate her? 
Uh, it had a lot to do with Clinton or with uh, her her husband, you know, uh-huh. mid uh, uh, early to late nineties. Um, I think, but that doesn't uh, make sense to me. Well, nothing evangelical whites do anymore makes sense because uh, if they're about family and they don't like her because she's stuck by her husband's side. Like, come on now, how many people, how I, many women, especially, get cheated on and stick with their husbands? No, no, I, th- I think the hatred happened way before then. Um, there, there were always the jokes about she was the one secretly running the country, mm. and she was a strong, independent woman and a yeah. feminist. And, you know, I think a lot, and she always looks like she is in her mind that she is thinking that she's better than you. <laughs> and I, I think that had a lot to do with it. Um, but so I could rant about Hillary for like a year and a half because um, yeah. that's how we had to watch her run for president. Um, but I, I, I blame the Christian leadership because it it, it kind of became a part where it looked like they were choosing party over uh, country or over God. And um, Billy Graham, I idolized the man. Man was an incredible speaker, incredible face of Christianity. His son is the exact opposite. And Franklin Graham is a problematic piece of garbage and uh, would uh, just kind of got quiet the last few months when he knew that President uh, that Donald Trump was probably going to beat Hillary or was going to be the best bet for beating Hillary. And, uh, you know, Every other election, he talked about how great a Christian was, even though Mitt Romney was a Mormon and uh, has serious problems with, you know, regular Christianity. He, he supported Mitt Romney like he was uh, his his best friend. And when it looked like Trump was probably going to be the nominee, Franklin Graham said something about, oh, I don't, I'm not wanting a Sunday school teacher, I'm wanting a president. But every other election it was like wait did weren't you talking about how great a christian john mccain and right right uh, right a george bush were i mean look you don't get to choose when you want a good christian um james dobson came out and said oh trump is a baby christian <laughs> so please be patient. a baby christian uh, yeah wow uh, Omarosa, like, bless her soul, because she was on television before she got fired, talking about how, during the election, talking about how everyone, all the detractors will have to bow down to President Trump when he is elected. Now, first of all, if you're running your campaign on Christianity and good moral basis, and let's get back to the good of America again. How are we supposed to bow down to you like you're a king? Nothing that these candidates and their these people said made any sense to me. He's king, but he runs a democracy, quote unquote. Y'all can't see me, but I'm quoting the air. Okay. (laughs) He's using air. (laughs) Let's go more a little bit more into um how this whole pro-life thing has just taken over like when i talk to some people including my dad 
if it's two candidates and the Democratic candidate could be a way more perfect candidate than the Republican candidate. But if that Democratic candidate is, quote unquote, pro-abortion, he ain't going to vote for it. He said he can't put his stamp of approval on him. He might vote for the Republican candidate or he might not vote at all. So I kind of want to talk about how purity culture and and religion and whatever has turned this whole pro-life campaign into this huge thing where people will refuse to vote simply or refuse to vote for a candidate simply for the fact that not that they're saying they get an abortion, not that they're encouraging people to have abortions, but just for the fact that they're pro-choice. KT, I want you to t- uh, start it off. Thanks. I think that pro-choice and the purity culture is so popular because it's not anything different than what media is teaching us. Um, what I mean by that is that uh, pr- being a, um, not pro-choice, but pro-life, being um, playing into purity culture is the same thing as deeming people objects, women, men, mostly women. It basically makes a woman an object. So, like, there's really no difference in uh, objecting fine, objectifying a woman, uh, like, with sexual ads and things like that in comparison to purity culture, period, because they both do the same thing. At the end of the day, they both say that a woman's worth is based on her sexuality, and she is thrown to the garbage if her sexuality is anything less than pure. So, I, I don't, I'm not really surprised, so. Okay, so what are your views on the, the pro-life movement? What are my bu- views on the pro-life movement? I, I'm, I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. It's trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, hashtag like, trash. Hashtag trash, no. Um, so, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, but I am pro-choice, and I'm not saying that that would be something that I would ever do or anything like that. But, you know, it's not always something uh, that, like, I can't make a decision for everyone's body. uh, And that's someone else's body. Uh, So I'm not going to say that they can't do what they want to do, you know. Um, So for me, like, for people playing into that, that culture and and who says you know let me make a decision for someone else like I just want to tell them people to stay in their lane and get out of everyone else's business so that's what I got to I say agree. that's what I got to say about that who else who else want to go go ahead Joy or Justin whoever Joy Justin Joy Justin oh, okay well you know I hey, life movement is such a complicated issue um i could probably ask the four of you when life began and you would probably all four of us would have a different answer yeah now so ask us go ahead i'm sorry ask us girl okay so we're where do you, the three of you think that life begins? And, and I'm not sure that there's a right or a wrong answer. Life began when God created us. Damn. When did that happen? Uh, during the time of Adam and Eve. He's okay, talking about when, during like babies. When does Joy's life begin? Oh. Conception. Okay, conception. 
What about when you find out you're pregnant, then your life is there. Okay, so when you find out you're pregnant. Yep. Okay. I don't know. Casey, what do you think? <laughs> I, I believe that uh, life begins when that child takes their first breath out of the womb. Mm, okay. okay. What about know. you, Gabby? I said, I don't know. I don't know in the back. Yes, you do. Yes, you, you do. I don't know. I don't know. Right. I, I mean, know what you know. You I know what you know. Okay, so here's an interesting. <laughs> my my personal opinion is that life begins before conception. Uh, Jeremiah one five says, "Before you were in the womb, I knew you." Mm-hmm. This, this deep. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now see, this is where I. I come from. So this is my personal opinion. Okay. And it got to a point where I realized that I had a uh, religious opinion on this, not necessarily a scientific one and one that I do not believe applies to everybody else. So in my own personal life, my wife and I planned the kind of birth control we were going to use. And we, made sure that the kind of birth control we use did not um, violate either of our beliefs. My wife, I think, uh, has the same belief as well. Okay. So we made this decision as a married couple. And when we were done with the normal birth control, we just uh, snipped it. Um, Because, you know, science is there. Let's use it. (laughs) (laughs) So. That there you go. That is one of the complicated things about the pro-life movement. When does life begin? I'm not sure. The owners of Hobby Lobby think that it begins when the sperm and egg fertilize. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody does, but they believe that it didn't, and or that it, it did begin there. So that's when they wanted to not pay for conception that they felt violated that or that uh, contraception that they violated that. Mm -hmm. So that's where it gets complicated. I have learned that it is a choice between a woman and her doctor. I understand what I believe. It is different than other people. So I've learned to step back and say, um, rather than, why, um, when we get to the point of the abortion, we're too late. So why aren't we preventing the abortions before the abortion becomes necessary? What are we, what are we missing? Mm-hmm. Is it we're not, um, we're, we're not teaching our children about um, protection? Is it that we're not... We're not giving enough economic assistance to women who are in poverty and are unable to afford them. Is it that we're not giving a good enough sexual education? How, or are we just arrogantly assuming that everybody is just going to abstain, to not have sex until they're married, and we're only going to teach them how to do that? Yep, all of the above. 
And that's what exactly. I would always think. That, exact, that's what I always yeah. thought. Like, you're fighting a losing battle trying to stop women from getting abortion. Like, I don't see, there's no, no matter what you do, if a woman don't have a baby, don't want to have a baby, and she can make it so she's not going to have a baby, she's not going to have it. And you're just fighting for what? You're just fighting for the sake that's to say that you're fighting for pro-life. But if you can do things that can prevent the stuff from even happening, it's a better world. Folks don't have to get abortions. You don't have to get mad. And everybody's happy. If folks ain't losing money. It's like, but, but they don't want to do that because then that goes against the other part of the morals, which is you're supposed to be abstinent until marriage, which is crazy. Which half of them weren't. Majority of them folks were not. Majority. And what kills me about these people who say they're pro-life, they're pro-life, concerned about it an unborn child and what the mother has a right or doesn't have a right to do according to them. But they're not concerned about our troops in Afghanistan. They're not concerned about uh, uh, police brutality against black people. They're not concerned about these other countries who uh, have refugee camps fighting. Like you're not concerned about human life. You're being petty and you want to control something. Yeah. That's why I always thought it was more about control. Because I'm like, if you're pro-life, what, what makes these little embryos so special? Why are you going so hard spending all this money on them when there's people in your own backyard that's really going through something? It, it seemed to me like it was more about controlling people, people having sex, controlling what women do to their bodies. Stuff like that. Because I think if you pro-life, then do. I need to see you over there. You need to be over there in all the, the community exactly. centers and doing all the social justice. Exactly. Stuff. You know, I don't, I don't understand And particularly, that. I'm sorry, but particularly I think that the majority of Republicans that are concerned about pro-life are men. And now if men were on the opposite end and they were, they were have, the ones having the babies... They would not be against, they would not be against pro life. They would be for it. You know, or the strike and reverse it, you know what I mean. Yeah. They would be against uh pro life. Let the people choose what they want to do. You know, it's it's our bodies. You know, because yeah. they're men. They can't understand what women go through and when they're making a decision. That's 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 unrealistic to me. How are you gonna tell that's like me? Telling a 20-something-year-old, oh, I'm going to need you to get a clip down there, you know, just in case. If we don't want to have any children, well, you go get clipped. I need you to get a vasectomy. How yeah. about that? Mm-hmm. Makes me upset. It's a lot. I went on a rant, too. See, I can ramble rough. Don't stop out. You see that? You caught that? <laughs> Did the episode with um the lovely Danielle and talk a little bit about purity culture and the way it affects women. You said you had a a, a different perspective, a viewpoint on how purity culture affected you as a man. And a lot of times we don't hear that because as far as we know, you know, they just tell the man, okay, save yourself until marriage, whatever. But um apparently you had something interesting to tell us. What would that be? Stories I could tell. I guess this sounds like a wonderful idea on a podcast uh, to tell all the stories. Okay, so um, just as much fear that was driven into the girls, there's just as much fear driven into the guys. Um, 
accept different things. Uh, I, of course, I don't know. They would always put us in different rooms and shove down sex down our throats for an hour and a half and then make sure we knew not to, um, uh, not to have it. Um, so, you know, like every, everything they teach you about is thou shalt not have sex. And, um, one of my favorite things that happened, I was telling my wife about this today. I didn't remember it or I don't think I've ever told her about it today. When I was in like junior high or high school, they took all the men, or like it was optional, but you, you had um, a special presentation by uh, a doctor. He was the local pediatrician in, uh, in our church. And uh, it was kind of like, oh, hey, we'll let this guy do this uh, presentation. And what they gave you were very vivid slides of what happened if things went wrong. So, uh, have, uh, when I was probably around 15 or 16, they showed us an infected penis with gonorrhea, syphilis, genital warts, um, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I was so horrified. I know. You know, there, there were some things that were pretty tame like you know no bikinis at summer camp so um if you wanted to go swimming you had to have a one piece or you had to wear a t-shirt over your bikini i mean that was that was tame Mm -hmm. but um pretty much they spent their entire time telling uh talking about sex instead of teaching us to look beyond members of the opposite sex uh, as being sexual objects. Billy Graham was famous for, he had a rule that he would never counsel a woman one. And this is a very famous rule. I've been in ministries that um, uh, have carried that rule on. Uh, It is probably most famously practiced by our vice president and hopefully future president uh, after 45 is done um, in the next few months. Um, (laughs) uh, President, uh, current vice president, Mike Pence. Yeah. Um, And it's really just, uh, I just want him in there. So he's a a grown up and won't nuke nuke North Korea. That's the only reason I want them there. Um, (laughs) But he has a that he will not, alone with his uh with another woman who's not his wife and okay that's that's kind of tame but i was reading an article about a female um episcopalian priest Mm -hmm. and said yeah i remember the first time somebody explained this rule to me and i said okay this but at the end of the day one of the things that didn't make sense to her was that when are they going to be able to see beyond my sexuality? Mm. And that kind of hit me for the first time of instead of, you know, receptacles for our semen, why don't we try and look at women beyond that? And are you all familiar with the Duggars? Oh, yes. 19. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Um, I was part of a ministry when I graduated high school. 
that had some people who had come from that background. Mm-hmm. So I spent some time in a really conservative ministry. Um, w- there were some really weird things that happened. One of the craziest was that there were rules that uh, we had to follow. One of them was that a man and a woman do not touch unless they're married. So hmm. here's here's how much like are. even like sisters and oh no, no, and stuff? but like if uh, I'm I, I think I could shake your hand and that was about it. If I put my yeah, hand in, that's all she need to be shaking. Yeah. Well. Um, no, um, if, uh, I put my hand on your shoulder, here's the the good part. You as a woman are not able to differentiate between me just putting my hand on my shoulder and me making a pass at you. And women are, uh, coerced by touching. So men are not intelligent enough to know that a woman's dress has nothing to, to do with how they respond to it. Um, and women are not intelligent enough to know when a man is touching them romantically or not. So I guess so. I um, guess I'm not either. Cause they say I flirted and I don't even know I'd be flirting. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were people who I know that did not kiss until their wedding day. I've seen that. It, it, it is a thing that happened. Um, and I, that's their experience. That's what either they or their parents felt called to do. That's, that's their business. You know, my, my thing is, you know, you do you boo. Oh, and don't get me started on the fact that um, you could not share a car where you could not be in a car with a woman you are not related to and we're not married to what and this was also a group uh, groups uh, so if i had two boys and two girls that was not permitted i had to have a third i had to have a an odd number in there i'm not sure why um i was pretty <laughs> sure that i could drive to the dry cleaners with me and one of my email teammates without going into uh, an uncontrollable orgy. <laughs> but uh, apparently, they didn't have that paper. This sounds like a cult. It does. It's complicated. Oh, who my gosh. Behavior, but it was not a cult. Okay. So I, I just talking about as far like as a cult. The, the, the rules and this and the that. It's, it, it sounds kind of cultish. What? It's very um, the, the Amish. Like call it is legalistic. When I was like so rigid and so like terrified of girls in general, when I was done there, that one of my first jobs was uh, working in a mall in um, a clothing store, and it came time for me to undress a female mannequin. And I could barely do it because I was so worried <laughs> I was going to fill this mannequin up. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah. That's interesting. Don't though. laugh at his experiences, you guys. And where did you say you grew up? Where Where was this at? Uh, well, I, I don't want to name them because they're things have gotten a lot better since I left. Of course, okay. my thing is what's changed in the Bible since I left because y'all all had biblical um, reasons for me to live like this. Right, right. So what's changed in the Bible to make drum beats okay now? That yeah. drum beats were like that. Like nothing has. Okay, so I'm just going to wait on my apology. <laughs> right. And, um, <laughs> I, I You're not, not going to get it. No, so I it, things have gotten a lot better for them since okay, then, good. but I, I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to well, well, that's yeah. all right. That's all right. We'll figure it out. Um, but <laughs> no, <it's laughs> I have maybe it's like a cultural thing. Maybe it's because we're younger than you. Maybe if we were about your age, it would be the same. But it just as far as I've seen, this it's never been like that ever. It, the the most they tell the dude is, you know, don't do it. But the women, the girls, we had like a two-hour thing about pregnancies and how the man going to leave you and how you got to be. Oh, I, I remember one time uh, they brought in a special guest speaker. And these mm-hmm. were always fun. Special guest speaker. And they were going to talk about sex, drugs, and the... and uh, overcoming the world and, and all yeah. that stuff. And the one story he told us is the, um, now we know it's an urban legend, but uh, it's never stopped a youth pastor from using it as the truth. Um, a story, uh, the story of the um, guy who goes and sleeps with a woman, wakes up the next morning and uh-huh. on the, uh, she leaves before he wakes up, and on the mirror she has written, Welcome to the Wonderful World of AIDS. Mm-hmm. So I grew up not excited <laughs> of AIDS, but by the time AIDS had become begun to proliferate more to the heterosexual couples, when when uh, the, the straight people said, oh, wait, this affects us too? Mm-hmm. That's kind of um, I was going through. Um, like middle school and youth group and stuff. So, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, of course, you know that story isn't verified, and you know it's an urban legend. But you know, never stopped a good youth pastor. Oh yeah, you know they're gonna use it until they don't care if you disprove it. If it makes a point, you know they're gonna do that. I remember I went to one of those. Uh, let's wait. Uh, Janet Jackson. Let's wait. Well, let's wait. Um, things. It was at like one of these stadiums. It was this woman. She was really, she was really entertaining. Like she was cool. And I, you can find her on YouTube. I think she was actually a product of, of rape and um something else. But anyways, it was pretty much about how you need to wait and don't have abortions and this, that, and the other. And they invited the whole youth group at our church to go. And it, and it was like, it was emotional. Like they pulled, she pulled at your emotions and stuff like that. She had you feeling some type of way. But then when you come back home, like the next day, you're like, mm, a lot of this stuff didn't even make sense because this, that, and the other. But it's, it's, but again, it plays into fear. Like you, you were so, they had gotten you so afraid 
that uh, you were gonna fill up a mannequin. Like they had gotten y'all so afraid of the opposite sex and um having sex before marriage that it was just like I'm sure a lot of the people like the people that that didn't even kiss before they were married. I can't even imagine how their honeymoon was like because it was not like firecrackers and rainbows. I assure you it was like some awkward mess <laughs> because they had been brought up to to fear it for so long and now it's like, well, it's time to do it. Like now they're gonna be equipped and ready to get it on. Like it, yeah. yeah. Um one of the things that um our marriage counseling was things like do y'all know if you're gonna have a joint account or individual accounts? Mm-hmm. Have you all decided how many kids you want? The thing they don't teach you about is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's not watched a lot of adult movies because that's against what you were taught as a kid, Mm -hmm. you have no idea what you're doing. And things get really interesting. I can only imagine. You know that song, don't you? Oh, yeah. But, you know, my wife and I chose to wait until we were married. Mm-hmm. We were very happy choice. And, um, you know, at, in our pod fam, the uh, big subject that always comes up a time is, do you know your partner's number? Is that any of your business? Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, our number is one. Both my wife and I. Wow. So, yes, I, I know what my what my number is. I know what one. Oh, I when did, you, just did. What, when did you get married? What age, if I may ask? I, w- I was twenty six. Okay. Well, that's not too bad. Hmm. Twenty five year old me. That answer, he might tell you something different, but yeah. <laughs> um, you okay. did it. You don't hear that. You don't hear that a lot of guys no, waiting until they're married. Yeah, we were the last two uh, alive, we thought. <laughs> no, I'm waiting. Oh, okay. Awesome. Oh, good. Joy? We have our own club. Waiting for now. <laughs> yeah, for now. <laughs> For now to be determined. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, you guys, this has been so cool talking to you, Justin. Oh, thank you. It's been wonderful getting to talk to you. I didn't know if I was going to get Joy or if I was going to get just uh, two thirds of the team. Uh, oh, right, because God. she's never here when there's a guest. Oh, gosh. And you Joy, guys. I unload on you like other people have in the past. Thank you for not doing that. I was, that's what I was going to say. I was like, you're the best guest we've had so far. <laughs> <laughs> right. But no, no. You and Kilo. Kilo, y'all, y'all had Kilo, it. Kilo, yeah. Kilo likes me, too. He was, he was cool, too. He was cool. Yeah, <sighs> I'm likable, aren't I, Justin? Of course. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, this is yeah, really going to Yeah, I don't care about you guys because everybody loves you guys. Girl, everybody love you. When you ain't on that, they'd be like, where'd Joy at? She had other engagements. It's true. But yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a part two to this because there's so much. We ain't even got into half of the stuff that I wanted to get in. You know, I love talking about this stuff because it's so interesting to me. 
um because this was pretty much my life for uh, about 13 years but um we thank you i didn't even go I, I didn't even go into all my notes that i had i still got some good stories to right talk. me too i mean i didn't even get into the art i didn't get into nothing but it's like an hour and something now <laughs> it was, yes. but this was really really good and we know our listeners are really going to enjoy this um so to our listeners, if you have anything you want to you want to add to the conversation, hit up Justin. Can you plug your social media again for us one more yes. time? Yes, um, I am at Justin Ruff, or you can uh, read at the podcast at Ruff's Ramblings. I am also on Instagram at Phil's Fan Ruff, E-H-I-O-S, in honor of the worst team in Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, when you're tagging him, talking about the episode, make sure you tag us, Twitter at, oh, hashtag Talk It Out Pod, Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast. Remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, wherever you can find a podcast, as well as TIOPodcast.com slash episodes. And go to their website. Head on over there to the shop. Look at our merch. If you like it, buy it. If you want something free, go to TIOPodcast.com slash survey. If you don't like it, buy it. If you don't like it, buy it anyway because we're broke. Or donate to our PayPal. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening to this wonderful episode. Thank you again, Justin, for coming on. This has been your girl, Gabby. Joy. And Katie. Justin. Hello. I think he, like, blacked out. And Justin Ruff. (laughs) And this has been Talk It Out. Talk it out, baby. You better talk it out. Yeah. I heard it. Yes, yes, yes.